Hello, and welcome back to Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I'm Richie, one of your co-hosts, and I just want to say thank you for checking out the podcast. We'd really appreciate if you give us a follow on Instagram, at MrNoafOfficial. So that is at M-R-N-O-A-F official. And give us a follow wherever you're listening to this, whether it be on Spotify, Breaker, anywhere else. Give us a follow and check out anchor.fm backslash MrNoaf. And that MrNoaf is all caps. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to an episode of Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I am one half of your co-hosts, Richie, here with the other half of the co-hosts, Alex. Hello. Classic. Classic. Today, we are going to be discussing an A24 produced film based on a stage play directed Mm -hmm. by Darren Aronofsky called The Whale. So if you have not seen The Whale yet, then, and you don't like spoilers, then this is your chance to, you know, pause, go watch it, Mm -hmm. come back, listen to the whole podcast, no matter what we're talking about. And then, uh, yeah, and then you can be, you can feel like you're living vicariously in this conversation. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, any other thoughts before we get started, Alex? Mm, like and subscribe. You know, follow us on Patreon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. The, inst- you know, the Instagram handle, Mister Nof Official. Got to plug the Instagram. Yep, 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 yep. Are we going to get a TikTok, Rishi? You think we should get a TikTok? I've thought about it. It is something that I've thought about. Um, okay. So it, 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 it's something on my mind. Yeah, but, but uh, if if we get an overwhelming amount of fan like comments, like within like the 500 to 1,000 range, you know, like we'll keep it low, um, then people will we'll get a TikTok, you know. But Yeah, if, 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 if people are demanding it, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the people, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give the people what they want, obviously. Oh, I mean. You can't give them all, everything that they want, but everything everywhere. Well, that is what everyone wants, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that that was a, that was a nice little bubble for you to uh, <laughs> go and watch the movie, you know, mm-hmm. in that one minute time frame. So you should be exactly. good by now. Exactly. The whale released in twenty twenty two, nominated mm-hmm. for best actor in the leading role best actor um i don't was it nominated for like screenplay or anything i don't think anything else was nominated was it um i think the i think the acting uh nomination is the only one that it got the fact that it wasn't nominated for adapted screenplay was kind of surprising to me but i do agree i do agree but maybe we'll kind of jump in and just like hear some overall thoughts and also I, i don't know if we mentioned but directed by darren aronofsky Yes. Well, you know, um, so that is a, that is a thing. I think some people love him. Some people hate him. Yeah. He, yeah. uh, yep. He directed a movie called uh, mother Mo- that I, know, I love uh, mother. I look, <laughs> this isn't a discussion on mother. This is not, I definitely have, that is something that we should talk about in the future. Absolutely. It's a very, yeah, interesting. He's probably film. most notable, I think, for Black Swan. Yes, I would say for sure. Um, but yeah, so 
this will be fun. Uh, but Richie, what did you? What were some overall thoughts on this movie called The Whale? Well, uh, I cried when I left. Mm. The, when uh. I was uh, at the, you know, the last little stretch yeah. of the movie, uh-huh. it got it, it squeezed the tears out of my eyes. But like, overall, I feel like literally, like almost literally, like yeah. the, way, the way the film ends. But we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I mean, it was a uh, it was just a nice experience you, you could definitely tell it was a play adaptation it all takes place in one room mm-hmm. and all of the acting i think was very good there yeah. wasn't there wasn't really a, any one person that i was like hey eh, you're kind of being overshadowed by everyone else i thought ty simpkins sadie sink hong mm-hmm. chow oh Hong Chao was nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and she was in the menu, which we haven't done an episode on, but she's been true. really killing it lately. Yes, I was thinking. I was literally thinking the exact same thing when I watched the movie. I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I just saw her in a movie that I thought was really good." I know, and uh, of course, Brendan Fraser, who is phenomenal in the film. I think Brendan Fraser and Sadie Sink probably the highlights. So Samantha Morton as the mom, right, is really good and like. She has one really, really good scene with Brendan Fraser. Actually, it's probably like, it's like the scene that I imagine will get, well, they'll play for his best actor. Right. Real, right. you know, the the like one thing in my life speech or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can imagine what they'll play for Hong Chow too. Like when they take, yeah. when she takes Ty Simpkins outside and like has oh, like gosh. the talk with him. Yep. Yep. I, I just, I thought all the acting, like in a movie like this and with a director like this, I feel like. It's almost like impossible for the actors to to fail, you know, because there's it's it's so real and so well crafted, and like I was kind of in the experience from the get go, you know. Okay, I guess I'm like kind of taking over into my thoughts now, but (laughs) (laughs) but but like yeah, like you know, I think that the choice to stay within within this one apartment the whole time, which. I, I didn't know this was based on a play until afterwards. And I, I read that like people were like kind of criticizing for it, like that it feeling too much like a play. But I actually thought that decision was really effective as a film because like, you know, we're from the perspective of this guy who probably isn't, you know, super mobile. Um, you know, uh, he, he probably doesn't leave his apartment very much, you know, and I think, think, what we're the, Darren Aronofsky is trying to do is put us directly in the, the mind of of um of Brendan Fraser's character Charlie, um and I think to that way like staying in the apartment the whole time really works you know and like barely interacting with the outside world I think we maybe get a couple shots of the outside like outside his apartment but other than that it's really very minimal and I thought that was super effective. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's if it's a movie that's like a character study like this mm-hmm. is like if you're doing what you can to give the audience the perspective of the character is mm-hmm. important because, you know, he spends so much time in his house. He for, for those that are unaware that are watching this without having seen the movie, he Brendan Fraser is portraying a um, very obese man mm-hmm. who like has a lot of health problems and and not only has a lot of health problems but he's like going into his last week of living basically yeah like at the beginning yep. of the film his, they, his his friend a doctor a nurse i think or a doctor uh like a personal nurse i would say yeah by played by hung chow like she's 
says he has heart failure of some kind, so won't last a week without a hospital. Um, yeah. So it's like there's a there's a ticking time bomb, I guess, from the beginning of the film with his health. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because like they set that up, and you don't really, mm-hmm. at least when I was watching it, it didn't occur to me that it would play out that way mm-hmm. as like he's not going to try and get help. But obviously that is part of the story of, of, you know, yeah. he, he's kind of accepting that, that, that he's, that's his fate. And I remember like reading something talking about how complex of a character Charlie is because he is so optimistic about the world mm-hmm. and forgiving and all these things, but he is ready to leave the world. And, you know, he, there's, there's a lot of twists that come in the movie, I would say. Um, One of which is that Hong Chao, her character basically tells Charlie that like, he needs to get like, surgery or something like that like he needs medical procedures done mm-hmm. and she's running under the assumption that he doesn't have any money yeah and so is the audience at this point. and yeah exactly yeah the, the film is portraying him as not having like mm-hmm. health insurance or anything like that like not being able to afford an ambulance or anything and a big twist is that he actually does have like hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm-hmm. He, but he's just been putting it all away so that he can give it to his daughter when he passes away. Yeah, and I guess this is assumed as well um, that this he started doing this when his partner passed away. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I believe so. So I can't remember his name. Uh, don't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I think like you can kind of put together his. He's kind of for lack of a better phrase, like let himself go since then. Um, but, um, and like is putting away all this money for his, his daughter who like treats him not super well. And yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. Uh, Sadie sink. Uh, her, the character's name is Ellie. Um, yeah. is, I mean, all, all the characters in the movie, I say, I would say have a lot of layers. Yeah, but the I way that all the she's... characters are are flawed, honestly, like every single oh, character yeah. is flawed, and that's kind of the point of the film. Yeah, Some more sure. than others, maybe, but but in the case of her, yeah, she's a very mean spirited person, mm-hmm. and it is just like it's it's kind of tough seeing the way that she like treats him, yeah, at you know, especially upon like the first impression that you get of her, but you know your your perspective of her changes and the whole aspect of so so early on in the film charlie has like some sort of like heart attack or something i don't know mm-hmm. um and ty simpkins character who's at the time portrayed as a um What's the word that I'm looking for? Missionary. A missionary. Yeah, thank you. And he comes in and helps him. And Charlie's like, read this. And it's an essay. Because Charlie is an English teacher who Mm -hmm. works remotely for an online university. Mm. And he's like, just read it. Just read it. And 
he the idea was that if he's gonna die he wants that to be the last thing that he hears essentially and that this essay keeps recurring throughout the the i was gonna say the play throughout the movie (laughs) and you just think that it's just some like really good essay written by someone that charlie Mm -hmm. like looks up to as a writer or something like that and not to say that that isn't the case but the Mm -hmm. reveal is that it was actually written by his daughter ellie and it's it when once you start once that happens it i i was just like that's when the first tears started rolling oh i totally agree that was that was a (laughs) I would say I'm like sobbing in the theater moment. Yeah, um, that was it was a it was a bit of a gut punch, but I was just yeah. like, ah, like he set it up so well. I had yeah, no idea, you know. I think it's because like the reason why you this movie is so emotional and so well casted with Brendan Fraser and everything is like Charlie, Charlie's character is like yeah, like you said, optimistic to a fault about everything in his life and everybody except for himself really right um you know and he's he's so self um he he, he can be uh self-destructive at times there's there's moments where it showed like shows him binge eating and things like that and, but you know and and it is a little sad um but you kind of understand where he's coming from and like what he's been through and you understand that he's accepted he doesn't want to doesn't want to live anymore but he's so so such a optimistic viewpoint of everybody else including his his um you know his uh first i think wife i guess who yeah obviously they, they they split apart because charlie is gay and i think that's kind of not super explored like if he found out he was gay in the relationship or i think what i think was he just wanted a kid which which i think right one of the interesting things about Charlie is he's definitely not perfect. Like, you know, he's, he's somebody who maybe is too optimistic, but he's also like, there's kind of even like darker, like some, some, I feel like some darker, like, um, undertones when he's talking about his, his partner who, who killed himself tragically and like how they, how he talked about like, um, I forget what it was, but like their relationship, you know, might not have been perfect or, um, but then, but then Charlie all the way through it is like still this really, really optimistic person. And like, he looks at his, his daughter, who's like this kind of objectively, she's like, and it's so funny. Cause this is such, I feel like very similar to mother and like the daughter is like this personification of like objective evil, you know, almost mm-hmm. like a biblical, like, evil person sure. <laughs> like, I think like it's, mom, it is a very it is yeah. very archetype that yeah. she is like being portrayed as yeah but like the mom the way that mom talks about her specifically is like she's like evil personified you know yeah um like she's um unforgivable or mm-hmm. uh, like, uh you know unsalvageable in terms yeah. of morality yeah and um and like you if you look kind of lay out what she does in the movie how she's like constantly taking pictures of charlie's house and like posting mean things about him on like you know more than me and i'd say like pretty discrediting things on social media yeah and the thing she did with ty simpkins character which you know you could pretty easily argue that she was trying to 
like there's a whole thing with him just you have to see the movie i can't explain every little detail but it's like you know it's like she she was trying to like get him in trouble for stealing money from his church or something and but like the way charlie sees those acts because it just happens that like you know because she put this video online of this you know this little missionary dude talking like um uh confessing he's done all these things like his parents find him and they welcome him back and now he's like happy and um and it's like from from charlie's perspective those little tiny things that that are good results from her actions which are dubious at best are like little shining examples that she is a good person and i think that's why this moby dick essay hits like she wrote like this essay, uh, review on moby dick when she was like in 13 or something and it hits so hard because like it's like fine it's a fine essay you know <laughs> it is it is it's it's okay but like to charlie it's like this little moment that she does care and she is human and like and it's just it's really i think looking at the world through charlie's eyes in this film is something that Darren Aronofsky and Brendan Fraser do a really, really, really good job of, and that's why the emotion, emotional stuff hits so hard. Because by the by the end of it, you're truly, I feel like you you feel the way he does, and you feel like you want you at least you want to feel the way he does, like about his daughter and about everything. And um, I don't know, I don't know if that made sense, but that's how I was interpreting a lot of those things. No, I mean, I I would say it makes sense, and with the with the whole reveal, it's like. He's like trying to prove that she like cares about something or like mm-hmm. he, he wants her to care. Mm-hmm. And in he wants he wants that like expressed by just like her showing what she thinks instead because yeah. the the way that it plays out is like she wants him to write his like do his homework for her or do her homework for mm-hmm. her. And he's like, Okay, but you need to write some stuff for me. Yeah. And like the longer that it goes on, the more she starts being, I don't want to say vulnerable, but like, I think being honest in a sense is being vulnerable. Yeah. Well, and, that's this whole thing is he wants people to be honest. I think. Yeah, exactly. And this, this essay that she wrote when she was in like eighth mm-hmm. grade or sixth grade or something like that, he like always saw that as a very, as her, her honest words. Cause she, I mean, she's basically saying that she hates the book yeah exactly which is not shocking <laughs> for someone that age or f- for people older as well but yeah. it's just like until you like learn that that's her you can kind of understand that the reason charlie likes it is because it's so honest he he talks about how great yeah. it is and it's it i feel like it always kind of centers centers around that whole aspect of like this person is just writing what they think. And that's what he wants from his students in like mm-hmm. his degree program and stuff like that. Like he just wants them to write honest things. Mm-hmm. And it kind of happens separately. Like you understand that that is something that Charlie wants from people. Mm-hmm. And then this whole thing with his daughter feels like a separate entity. And you just the 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 moment that you realize that it's her um, uh, essay and that she is the that is her honest words. It's like yeah. she has the capability of doing that sort of thing. Yeah, is very much a confirmation of Charlie's perspective, which 
you know, it's yeah. by design, but it's it it plays out so just well, it's it's also it's also a really interesting way to like justify his optimism in his daughter. Because the yeah. whole film we have this like, yeah, we're just shown she's not a great person, you know, like dubiously okay at best. Um, but the whole time Charlie's had this like one example of her being truly honest and Maybe like it's because it's like honesty and goodness are kind of equated in Charlie, or at least like there's like maybe a like an honesty and there's a beauty in honesty. There's, there's something really human in honesty, and I think that's kind of what Darren Aronofsky wants us to to take away from it. And it's like you know, I don't know. Charlie just he holds it up so high above like anything else, and it kind of makes you wonder why, but. Um, but I, th- I think he just, he I don't know, he seems like a guy who's just been through a lot in his life. And he's just kind of looking for reminders of like hum- humanity and beauty and the things around him. And yeah. I think he's, he's kind of given up on himself. So like, and, you know, I, and I think, I think like, yeah, going back to the, the like thing I was saying about that scene that'll be in his best actor reel when he's talking about, he's talking to uh, City Sink's mom about like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's like the, you know, this is the one thing in my life that I've done that matters. Like, I think it's like this idea of legacy and like, or leaving a, a, a good imprint on the, on the world, or at least an honest imprint of like, you know, and I think, I think he sees his daughter in, I don't know, in that way. So like, um, but it is, it is kind of interesting because it's like, it's arguable that she is even good and she is even like changes throughout the film. Like the, the final ending scene, like the whole reveal from that, the essay was hers up until when like, he kind of gets out of his chair and walks over to her, which, you know. It is presented earlier in the film as mm-hmm. something that is very much a struggle for him. Yeah. As like, as like she wants him to, to get up and walk over to and like give him, give her a hug and he can't yeah. do it. You know, and um, and like he's like yeah, very physically immobile for a lot of the film, and um, yeah, like that whole ending scene from from one perspective, I think you can look at it as like incredibly optimistic and like him, you know, him and his daughter kind of reconciling and like you know they're having a relationship again. And, or you could look at it as like she's just like completely like terrified or like disgusted and like is not a good person. Like I think it is pretty, but but like again, like I think the film presents. There's multiple ways of looking at the characters, and you could look at it as Ellie or is her name's Ellie, right? Is that yeah? Yes. She. You could look at it as like she's bad. She's she's just a bad person, or you could look at it through the way that Charlie looks at things. And if you choose to do that, it's like a very rewarding emotional experience, I guess, at the end. Um, I don't know. It's just for some reason, it's almost like really hard to explain. But this film is so emotionally affecting. Um, it is like really well acted. Like the, like the actors are really good at like crying, you know? Yeah, which <laughs> is, yeah, it, it, it's hard to. <laughs> I have a really hard time, especially during crying scenes of like. Yeah not having the suspension of disbelief like Mm -hmm. ripped apart because like some actors are really bad (laughs) at crying (laughs) like you know they can like force some tears out but there's a there's a lot of other really 
minute oh, facial yeah. expressions that happen when you're crying. Yeah. And like when Hong Chao is like ha- when Hong Chao is having the conversation where she learns that Charlie could have helped himself the whole time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like the first time that she starts crying, oh, like it it's it 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 all seems very natural. So yeah. I yeah, the the emotional experience that you have with the movie I really think it is mostly from the acting. Mm-hmm. The script is good. Uh, yeah. And like like you said, I, I can't recall off the top of my head exactly what he says, but I know the scene you're talking about. Mm. And it's just like very, I mean, it, it was a play, so it's not surprising. But yeah. the, the other aspects of the film that like, I that make it a film mm-hmm. are a lot more subtle so i can understand why people are like you know why why some there might be some feedback or criticism around the fact that it it still feels like a play yeah but, but i think i think the film is directed in such a way that like i really enjoy seeing it in the medium of film and i think yes especially the, the visual it's like a lot of the way that that charlie is shot and a lot of the way that brendan fraser portrays like his physical acting which like i think you know, just to, you know, talk, like talk about this for a second, at least like aside from the fact that he's wearing a fat suit in a film, I think like his physical, like acting is really superb. Like as mm-hmm. his character, like you really feel all of the weight of his movements and you feel how difficult it is for him to get around and like to do small things. Like there's like a scene where a key is knocked under a door and like, he's like, well, I'll never get that again, you yeah. know? And it's, and then I think again that's why the ending is so emotionally impacting because like you could, you really feel him get up and like that's something in a film where you're so close up with the actors and so close up with not even the actors but like par- body parts of the actors and like it's something a play can't really do as well so I, I kind of there's parts I, of this but yeah I definitely hear what you're saying I mean mm-hmm. putting yourself in Charlie's shoes mm-hmm. I think is much more like. It, it, you're, it's it's a lot more capable to do that through the, the medium of a film because yeah. like you said there, there's the, the whole like zooming in on specific parts of his body and stuff like that mm-hmm. it gives you more of a sense of literally what it's like to feel that sort of thing like and, mm-hmm. and the key thing is is a good one because like we i'm sure a lot of people have dropped something and like they've just like <laughs> looked down like they it's just like they can't grab it then it you know because mm-hmm. maybe you're holding some other stuff or maybe you have like back pain or maybe w- whatever it is and it's things like that i can't imagine are yeah. at all easy to portray in a play yeah well like um, watching him get into bed you know and like yeah doing his whole routine and his slow mo- i mean you could it would make sense like it would they, you could do it in a play but i just think the way that the film was shot and also the aspect ratio with like the four three you right. know which which I mean, like not a lot of films do four three, um, and but I think it was really cool for this. I just I liked how big all the actors' faces were, and I think like maybe one of the reasons I love this film so much is it's it's like there's I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before, but there's like uh, an aspect of art in like f- like films and games that I really love when they like specifically highlight like really intimate parts of the human experience 
but in a big way, like a really cinematic way. And I think it's like a really niche thing, but I really like that. Like, I like that this, this film is like, it's really grand, really cinematic. And like the acting is, is at times really, really huge and like really not like, you know, Shakespeare, but like, right. I mean, yeah, I get, yeah. I get what you're saying. But like I and like you got the score with these like really floating violins and there's like a French horn at the end. It's like, you know, oh, it's, yeah, yep. <laughs> I thought the score was excellent, too. But like I, I just love that it's like a film. If you just put it on paper, it's just a film about a dude in a chair, you know, kind of going through his last week of life. But it's like so cinematic and so like blown up, I think to this scale where it's like that and the idea behind that is like this, even the small things like the small, you know, the, this, this man in an apartment alone for the most part dying his last week of life is like just as important to tell as, as you know, these blockbusters we were talking about last week or, or whatever. It's like, these stories also matter. And, and sometimes telling them in like a really cinematic way like this is, is actually a really, effective tool you know like i think this film could have been really subdued but it's not it's really not and i think some people are not going to like that like it is super cinematic especially like the ending with him getting out of the chair it's like you know but uh but that's 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 one of the reasons i think i really love love this film and it's i don't really know how to articulate well i mean part of that is is, like Mm -hmm. when you're watching a play you know Mm -hmm. i think you know i I, and i am not a playwright <laughs> and I yeah, do we don't review plays on direct this uh, yeah we don't review plays but like <laughs> I just imagine again just like kind of going back to like putting yourself in the perspective of Charlie mm-hmm. every I like to think that other people have this experience too but I feel like a lot of people myself included maybe you included like when you are living your life you are romanticizing a lot of things you are like yeah. imagining things like sometimes like when you're say say you have something coming up and you're like playing out different scenarios in your head of how it could play out you're Mm -hmm. usually it's kind of like almost cinematic in a way Mm -hmm. and i think that the medium of film and giving us charlie's perspective is like this the the way that it plays out in like a very like tragic hero ending type of way is how he would view it happening yeah know? that's a that's really and, interesting. and the it, it would be if if this film was following like hong chow's character then it would it would feel completely different probably but i think that mm-hmm. the fact that it that we're put into charlie's perspective and all these things we talked about like the the fact that it's all in one room in his in his house and stuff like that and mm-hmm. that he, and he does have like he is flawed like you said but he is you don't get a lot of his perspective on his flaws you do get some i mean you know that he has regrets for things and yeah. um has some sense of like self-loathing but not enough to ever like he's a very complicated character because mm-hmm. he's very selfish but he's also very selfless, so it's weird because he, 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 you know, he wants the best for other people, and he wants people to think the world is great because maybe he's naively trying to project those sort of thoughts yeah. onto others. But like we said, he doesn't like 
do things for himself. And in a way, he's acting selfishly by doing that because it it has collateral damage on the people around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as an audience member, you, he doesn't get really portrayed as selfish. You just have to kind of come to the yeah. conclusion that that's the case based on the way that mm-hmm. his loved ones like react to his actions and stuff like that. You're, you're yeah. always put in a perspective where he's like, I don't want to say a hero, but it's like you you are constantly reminded about his positivity and his optimism and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good take. I didn't actually think of that. Um, yeah, because like I think there is there is an awareness on his part of like his neck, the negative traits he has. And like there is a whole right. scene in the film dedicated to like showing him binge eat you know, and not really care for himself. But like, there's enough, there's enough tragedy to his character where you can kind of not justify what he's doing, I think. But you can understand that it's not entirely like purposeful, or it's not entirely like, like it's a coping mechanism. And like, right, he's just been through a lot. And but he's made also he's also made a lot of poor choices. He's just like, he's a human, he's a person, you know, and yeah, like, I think I loved that like the the conversation with the mom is really great because I think that it shows that it's so complicated and like, like you can tell that she obviously really loves him still. And she herself is definitely not a perfect person, but she, you know, she's tried her best to be a good mom and, um, and their relationship was really nice. I think in the film, just to see that one scene of them interact. Cause I thought like, it was just going to be like, she just yells at him the whole time and, you know, or she's, or maybe she's like this, like deadbeat mom or something. And, and no, it's just, you know, it's, it's very real, but um, yeah, it's like, I, I think, I think some of this comes back down to like what Charlie's mentality as well as like, you know, looking at his daughter as like the one thing in his life that matters. And like, no, that's actually not true. Like, you know, his life, his, his life matters. Like it's like, it's a, it's a very flawed perspective because he matters himself. Like he should, continue on living you know but yep. but he he blows these things up to like super epic proportions and like uh like legacy and live, live or die and like but i also like that because i think the way that the film is is shot and like from his perspective it kind of it like it takes the events of the film especially towards the end and it kind of makes a definitive statement that you know that it does matter in some way like like you know, it, like he doesn't go out with a with a whimper. It's like he goes out like triumphantly on on this like really actually yeah heroic is like a really good like the score there is really heroic and like yeah it's um, it's very yeah. interesting yeah. Uh, speaking of the ending, let's just can we just like talk about the ending and like the way the film ends and the sh- and like the sh- the shot and the credits and like yeah just, how it fades to white that. yeah how it fades to white and like it it. Uh, like it, it's it's so good it's just like it it carries you right through the emotional apex of the film and you're you're left watching the credits like crying and i was like reading on online after and somebody pointed out like the white the fade to white it's kind of funny because it's like showing the audience it's like you know it's like really visible you, like you look around and you can see other people really clearly <laughs> and it's like yeah <laughs> like, everybody's crying you know and it's uh, I don't, I don't know, but um, hmm. what did you think of of the way the film ended? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. It definitely was the emotional apex, which is really interesting to mm-hmm. end it like on th- yeah. the highest point of the film. There's no release, which I, really. Which, yeah, well, the release is literally going home. The ending, Thinking like it's like, yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's just so weird. It's like you get thrown up basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the movie ends before you can, like, come back down. So you kind of have to, like, settle and reconcile on your own. Which is, I loved loved the film for that. I thought it was really cool. Like, I kind of just didn't want to see any, like, if we had scenes of, like, Charlie dead with Elliot and, like, after, like, it it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked, I think. I don't think so either. And I, I, I I don't even know what to say. The ending was, like, mm, chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. I I love the ending. It was it. I don't want to say it, it like came out of nowhere, but it's like the whole film mm-hmm. has this tension mm-hmm. building, especially like you said when you when once you like realize the clock is ticking and that he's not gonna do anything to like yeah. help himself, and she just Ellie starts reading the essay and he actually starts standing up out of the out of the chair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's all. The film is really like getting you worked up. Yeah. Like it is like I said, it's squeezing the tears out of you. Like mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. doing all that it can to like pull at your heartstrings. And then it's just like, all right, that's what that's what we were trying to do. We were we were trying <laughs> to get you to cry, and now you now you cried. You can leave now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's like some sort of meaning behind it, but like Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean like also it's like super you know, he like he like literally like starts floating at the end of the film, and it's yep. like, yep, you know, uh, very Darren Aronofsky. I feel like I don't know, <laughs> like true, true symbolism. But, but like the music is going so hard, like the emotions are going so hard. You don't even really notice that like he's like starting to float to the ceiling, you know, and it's getting super surreal, and and then and then he like presumably either dies or. I guess I guess he could live. I don't know. There's nothing saying he couldn't have lived through that. But I it's assumed I, I think he just the died. I think the assumption that the audience is supposed to make is that he died. Yeah. I just yeah. wonder though like if implementing cuz like I said this whole thing is like from Charlie's perspective and the ending I think really mm-hmm. solidifies that. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder how much cuz like you said it gets really surreal. And I wonder if we're supposed to take that as like a little bit of like a yeah, mm. Charlie's a little bit of an unre- unreliable narrator in this film. Like he's like a not that I he's totally like a literal so. narrator, but it's yeah. like you know you see you see from his perspective he like starts ascending up to heaven. Yeah, and it's like okay, well how much how much of the film am I supposed to trust now, knowing oh. that he did not he didn't actually float you i mean you you, <laughs> yeah. you would assume but it's like is this just in this instance or is there other yeah. things that like since it's through the lens of charlie like are a little bit played out more you know romantically yeah. for lack of a better term like more as like how he th- this is why i was talking about like the way that people like fantasize things in their head it's like that's how that's how he would probably imagine himself going out. Yeah. So it's like how much of the film played out in a way that was just like 
Charlie's like optimism kind of taking the drive of the of the direction, you know? That's a really good point. Um and I think it does kind of make you rethink about the way you look at the film on a rewatch. I think just mm-hmm. from my perspective, I think like the idea we're supposed to get is like the only time the film like really kind of takes away from like an objective viewpoint. I, I, for me, I think the end, because I think like the rest of the film, we're really just supposed to be looking at the world through his eyes. Right. And like I was saying, like, like if you look at his daughter, you know, with her actions from one perspective, it's like what she's doing is really bad, really kind of evil. And like, she just is really malicious. But another perspective is, is no, it's not. It's like, she's trying to help people in her own way. And I think we're supposed to look at things through Charlie's perspective. That doesn't mean it's even necessarily true, you know, but like he died feeling like it was like, yeah, the, the actually that one action that that Ellie made was like proof to him that Ellie is a good person. And that was like enough for him to be able to say, okay, I'm ready to ready to go on <laughs> to the white credits you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm ready for the fade to white you're ready for the fade to white um so yeah but i mean there's there's because there's not too many surreal things it's not like mother where everything's like feels metaphorical yeah right there is like the 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 bird though and like i don't know you know and I, i don't know but um I, I think I think though like the way you're putting it is really interesting. I think it would it would make the film really like a really interesting rewatch. Um, yeah, and it's like you yeah. know I obviously don't think that 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 it's the cut and dry case of there's yeah. symbolism here, but it's like I wonder if it was intentionally designed to like make yeah. it different upon rewatch. Well, I think I think that like you're what you're supposed to do, do as an audience is you're supposed to make a decision for yourself whether you want to believe like look at the world that Charlie does, the way Charlie does or look at the world the way like Ellie does maybe. Or right. or or actually rather Ellie's mom who's like super like r- almost as convinced as Charlie is that she's good, that she's not good. That she's not good, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a really powerful statement to kind of want to go out on this high note. That's like, or, I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really up to you as an audience. Like if you want, if you want to choose the optimism route and choose to see good in things and like, there's a whole other bunch of stuff in the film that we don't have time probably to talk about. Like there's the whole character of Ty Simpkins and like the way that religion ties into this and the various religious debates that, you know, like, because all, all the characters are have ties to religion in some way, I think. Um, yeah, for you sure. know, and like, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, there's so much other stuff that I can't, I don't even really think I've had enough. I have only seen the film once, I really would love to see it again. Um, you know, and I honestly can't like think about how all, all that ties in quite yet. Um, so that's just like my kind of like simplistic view is I think Darren Aronofsky wants us to like think optimistically, I guess, but, you know, I, I, I agree. I, uh, I have a, I get <laughs> like a monthly, I guess it's maybe not literally monthly, but mm-hmm. I have a subscription to like an A24 magazine service. Mm-hmm. And this month it was like the whole little magazine is dedicated to Brian Fraser mm-hmm. because because of the film yeah. and the first like little part 
is Darren Aronofsky talking about. Um, it opens with, it took me 10 years to make the whale because I couldn't cast it. Mm. And he like talks about how like Brendan Fraser was just like perfect for the role of Charlie mm-hmm. basically. And I think just, I think that by design, just Charlie's viewpoint being the like driving force of the film is just like it's it's just so good and it's only it's only emphasized more by Brendan Fraser just like executing the role like flawlessly. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think the film would have worked without him because he is such he he kind of exudes optimism and like you just kind of like I don't know, I feel like you could kill your puppy and you would be like, It's okay, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. True. True. All right, Alex. Well, I got a question for you. What's the question? What is your favorite favorite okay. of the whale? Okay. I actually really think the well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that my favorite favorite was, was actually was the ending, but we've talked so much about it, so I wanna try to highlight a different part in the film. Sure. Um I thought I think I really liked because we didn't talk, touch on this much, but I really liked the scene where he turns his camera on with his class, and I, it was kind of like signaled it would happen at some point. But I just thought it was a really, a really nice scene, a really powerful scene. I think, and also like all the him reading the letters and like the honor, the honors responses to his class of like what they said, and it's it's like again, you know, it's it's well, some of the stuff he reads is like very mundane and like very normal but like to charlie it's these like shining examples that people are real and honest and you know it's like the it's like a little microcosm of like what this film was trying to be it's like holding up these little like very normal mundane everyday things is like important and beautiful because they're human I don't know. I was really long, but I like. I also thought the score was really good. I really want to listen to more of Rob Simonson's work because I thought, I thought it was really, really, really strong. What? Are you, um, what are you a musician or something? No, never. Wouldn't touch it. <laughs> Would not touch music. <laughs> um, not even with a five-inch pole or a five-foot pole. <laughs> not even with a five-inch one either. Do you want me to shut? Okay. Why don't you do favorite favorite? Let's do let's do it d- different this time. Um, I think uh, <laughs> it's tough. I I would say for me it's also like the ending, but like when we're talking about the ending, I, I assume we're talking about like the the stretch of the ending, not literally just mm-hmm. the like fade to white, but like her, Ellie's character like reading and like the audience realizing that that was her essay. Mm-hmm. However, as mentioned, we have talked about this part of the film a lot. Um, I would say after that, in general, the acting, I mean, oh yeah, you know, Phenomenal. so much can be said and has been said about Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. I don't think, though, enough people have really given Hong Chao mm. like, the sort of credit that she deserves. She has been given a lot of kudos for the role. Don't get me wrong. Mm. She or got Sadie an Oscar Sink. nomination. I think yeah, Sadie, Sadie Sink, Sink especially. Fantastic. Yeah, I I agree. I 
I can understand why they nominated Hong Chao and not Sadie Sink, especially because, mm-hmm. you know, on a meta level, I'm pretty sure that that division or division, that category of the Oscars is really mm-hmm. competitive this year. I think but, she'll get her chance. I, I really think Sadie Sink is going to keep going. She's yeah, really this was phenomenal. This was definitely like aside from Stranger Things, this mm-hmm. is like a thing that's like going to really project her career. Yeah. upwards like the trajectory well, she was also in the been... taylor swift um, yeah all too yep. well music video <laughs> but she, she was, was also really good in <laughs> she was also in a horror movie oh was she it was an adaptation of an rl stein book fear street she was oh. in fear street 1989 i think is what it was oh, i don't know i haven't seen that but no, she was really good. It, it was, I want to see her more things. It was the second Fear Street movie that Netflix released. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I want to see her in more things, too. I think that, honestly, for, like, most of those Stranger Thing actors, I want to yeah. see them do well. I'm really, I'm really excited. I, I think it's already out. Um, but the A24 film with Finn Wolfhard and Julianne mm. Moore. Oh my uh, gosh. I'm directed so by Jesse Eisenberg. Is that I out already? That, I've been so excited for that. I know the limited release came out, but I don't know if okay. it's in wide theaters yet. Well, anyway, we'll get to that. That's ex- I'm excited. Yeah. For that. <laughs> so favorite, favorite, let's just say Hong Chao and Sadie yeah. Sink. Um, sure. Course, Other than Brendan Fraser. We don't need it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, I, if I had to choose at least favorite, you do. Um, I, I do. Holding a gun. It would probably be... <laughs> right. <laughs> it would probably be... I don't know. Like, maybe that the mother hmm. was not utilized more throughout the film. But it's tough because mm-hmm. I, I think that the amount that they used her helps yeah. serve the rest of the film. But it was a, it was a yeah. performance that I thought was really good. And I would have wanted to explore the character more. Yeah, they. I think they they had to hold her back a little bit. Like I understood why they didn't have her come in earlier, but um, we only get like one scene, and it kind of makes you want more. I totally understand yeah, that. Exactly. Um, my yeah, my least favorite is actually kind of along the same path. I think like some of the stuff with Charlie's past is just just like a hair not fleshed out enough, especially yeah. around his partner. Like you, you don't. There's some hinting at like maybe. They had a bit of like in kind of a toxic relationship. I mean, there was definitely obviously love there, but like, yeah, I mean, we haven't some... we have not discussed yet the fact that his partner was like one of his students. Yeah, that's so, that is another thing. There, yeah. there. If there, the aspects of like the, a toxic relationship that would have been hinted at, yeah, like are conclusions that you can draw based on the power dynamics that might have been there or something yeah. like well, that. Well, there's there's also a couple lines from Brendan Fraser about like their relationship before he he killed himself and like right it, it just it makes you think and like it's just not not pushed out enough but there's a, there's also the huge religion angle and like that's yeah. kind of why especially like hong chow's character who's his his sister you know which is like the connection um like you de- you definitely get the sense a lot of it was like religious pressure from his parents and things like that but like sure yeah and that's a whole part of the film that like I have to see again because, like, I know that Darren Aronofsky puts like these like religious commentaries in his films, and or more like really religious debates, like in pretty much all of his films. A lot of his films recently have about been about like Noah and Mother, and and I guess this one now. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I just I wish that was a bit a bit more fleshed out. And I think that would have been something nice about like it being a film now is he could have added on a little bit more 
I don't I not even really want exposition, but I would like a clear review of kind of who that who he was and maybe how. But maybe I don't know. Maybe that's not the point because I think maybe you're again supposed to like like was Charlie was he a bit like you know did he have a toxic relationship in a way like was he maybe not a good person or maybe was like was it you know you can look at things from different viewpoints i guess that's kind of the point it's like what he's going for for this but would have been nice to have a little bit more um okay is there anything else that we want to talk about with this no i mean i'm 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 ready to give it my my score all right and uh for me I'm, i'm gonna say a nine it's really funny because i was also going to give it a nine Point one. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll give it a nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it has been adjourned mm-hmm. that this film is a nine out of ten. And if you haven't watched it and you listen to this whole podcast, or you just skipped all the way to the end to hear the scores for some reason, then, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? But you uh, and if you did watch it and you hated it, then you're wrong. And it's basically it's that's that simple. It's that simple. We are the objective truth when it comes to movies. Yeah, a nine point ten has ascended or descended from the fade to white down upon <laughs> you, via our listeners. So now you must also agree with us. Yeah. That's just how it works. <laughs> yep. 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 So that's it. Thank you for listening. Um, I mean, next week. So this is this is being recorded in the first full week of, of February. We have some uh, good films coming up this year. Uh, We're actually, this actually on a roll recording yeah. episodes. <laughs> yep, this month. I mean, it. We, we are we are planning on reviewing mm-hmm. Ant Man at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, Knock at the Cabin mode. just came out. You know, I'm pretty excited for Cocaine Bear. Oh, personally well there's a lot of films that we have to get through and i think yeah we might might even release like multiple episodes per per week i don't know or not maybe not but we're gonna try to get to at least some of the major hits that we've kind of missed i think yeah and you know we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about some of the oscar stuff that we didn't get to talk definitely when we get to oscars but i think i think next week we're doing we're doing right yeah, I th- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. If you, if I don't, if we don't see you, then good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>